Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm podcast where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of the Deal Farm, Kevin and I talk with Cole Phillips about his journey from financial crisis just five years ago to a thriving construction company and now a thriving investment company. You're definitely going to want to stick around for this amazing story. Kevin, what's shaking, my man? And it is a fantastic week in the Corsini household. Yeah, why is that? Well, right now we are in the midst of construction. For those of you who don't know about our journey, uh, my wife and I and our kids are living in one of our rental properties as we look for a long-term home, right? And so we're in sort of a short-term situation. And as we're in this investment property, need to fix it up. Let's kind of do, we've had it for over a decade now, I think, as a rental. And I was like, you know, time to update the bathroom. And so we are renovating the one shower uh, that we have. And so we are without a bathroom right now, without a shower. We have a half bath. Oh, okay. So we do have a half bath. And so well, right and now you've got like, two little ones without a bathtub too. Yeah, that's easy, right? So really? you can put them in a bathtub out in the deck or whatever. It's a great, a great property. But I can't fit in the in the bathtub out on the deck. You know, they love it. Like bathtub out on the deck, man, that's the best. They well, love it. In the summer, it's the best. Yeah, come winter, bathing out on the deck might not be yeah. so great. Which is why we're doing this right now and not this winter, right? So it's like, okay, we need to go ahead and bust this out right now. So, so you guys don't have a shower at all then at your house? No shower, no bathtub. What are you doing? How is this working? Oh, it is phenomenal. I got to tell you. So we have set, well, we're, you know, it could, we could get a, a membership at the Y, right? Do something like that. Our, our pool association that, you know, but that involves driving and we got two little kids at home and it's like, I don't want to get in the car to, so I have a, I have a tent, a little shower tent, a little camping shower tent. I have out on the deck. I've got plumbing going out to it. Right. So just temporary plumbing. And so I do a nice fresh air shower in the mornings. <laughs> out. So my, it's like you're camping all the time. It is. It's, and I got to, I kind of love it. I love being outside in the morning, wakes you up, get the endorphins running. It's got water. It's not like I'm just using a hose from the spigot, but oh my yeah, God. temporary living right now. That's and my, oh. wife, my wife loves it. I got to say, she just, oh, I'm sure she it. does. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, she, lady doesn't like showering on the back deck. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any neighbors behind you, do you? It's, it's just all wooded. wooded. It's all it's wooded. All wooded. Yeah, they're, they're, it's very private yeah nobody can see but yeah so it's a fun time in the corsini household this week <laughs> too, wait is it just for a week i mean you demo a bathroom it's usually not a week to put it back together how long are you guys talking about uh so they demoed on monday uh today's wednesday yesterday plum uh yesterday uh got the bathtub in today plumbers are here so i, I think our bathing situation will be rectified within the next 48 hours so but wow. as far as time all in sheetrock and electrical that's going to take a little bit longer but but we should be back in a good bathing situation 48 hours oh that's well that's not bad at all so you guys are going to be bathing while they're working around you just have some construction workers in there you wrap a towel around yourself you're good to go man they're they'll they won't they'll look the other way it's I'm fantastic sure. yeah, they, yeah. They, they they honor the privacy that we require. they will they will they're trustworthy most of their times they're in the crawl space. I'm up on the deck showering. It's all good. <laughs> there is something fun about showering outside. We so you know we have a camper that we use, and there's actually there is a bathroom with the shower in the camper, 
but when I get in that stupid shower, it looks like the movie Elf, you know, where his head sticking. So I literally have to put my head inside the skylight just to fit yeah. in this thing. And yeah. meanwhile, like the the top of the shower curtain comes to my belly button. It's just completely ridiculous. So I usually opt to shower outside because we actually do have an outdoor you know, shower spigot or whatever. And to me, there's something free in about showering outside. I love showering outside. So on our honeymoon, we actually went to Costa Rica, this amazing casita on the beach, and the bathroom was outside. It was a, it was a walled bathroom. Actually, two times we've been to Costa Rica, bathrooms were outdoors. Private, very, very wow. private, but it was, yeah, showering outdoors is, is pretty phenomenal. So. sounds kind of amazing, actually. It kind of makes me want to just set it's up one fun. outside the house we need one by the pool anyways i mean half the time the kids are dripping chlorine all through the house we should you're motivating me to build an outdoor shower as we speak yeah. kevin it doesn't count if you have a bathing suit on doesn't count man it you doesn't gotta be, oh yes it does. gotta be free and clear man <laughs> if you've got soap it counts soap and shampoo doesn't matter if you get a bathing suit on it's nice outside it really and right now you know it is right now it's august it's warm so you go outside it's, it's perfect weather hot water i think that's the key it's a hot water shower it's not like you just got the spigot in the cold water it's a what if you're a never nude like uh <laughs> what is the rest of the development <laughs> always, wearing, always wearing your jorts <laughs> you're always wearing your uh the cutoff shorts oh my god well then, then you don't need the privacy tent right or you can just do it on the lawn if you want wherever to you feel like doing it you've got your daisy dukes on you can lather up wherever you want there's some freedom in that as well right <laughs> This conversation is taking a turn for the worse. So uh, it's hey, hilarious. Earlier today, we were on a call. I didn't, you didn't even know this, right? So we're on this call. We're doing the Zoom call uh, with one of our members. And the plumbers are actually like right here trying to talk to me. And it's like, I'm on a call right now. can't do oh this. And gosh. so I probably need to run upstairs and, and find out what the scoop is. Oops. Oops. They yeah. had a, a gas line or something. You might want to jump up there. What does that smell? What, yeah, exactly. Is, is that gas? What, what is it that they smell? They, hey, speaking of construction... This is a great segue into uh, who we're bringing on today, which is Cole and his wife. Well, I guess I'm not sure if Evan's going to be on or not, but with Cole, yeah, who is one of our newer franchisees, who is really what I love is that he's transitioned his business and his team from a construction business to a flipping business. And he's still kind of in the process of doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but what is it like to already have a business up and running and to take your existing team and some of your processes and some of your know-how and transition them away from that business into the real estate investing business? And to me, I think it'd be really interesting how he's done that. What's really amazing about him too, is that he also, in addition to having the renovation business, full-time ministry, the guy's a pastor at a yeah. church has been for years and years. And so talk about juggling a few things and then coming into the Red Barn family, what about six months ago, he's got a great story. He really does. He's such a good fit too, man. I mean, just smack right fits our culture perfectly. Just, I mean, people are going to listen to this and just love the guy. He's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. I say we bring him in. Let's do it. So Cole, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's my honor to be here. Excited about the conversation. Yeah, you know what? We were just not that long ago in Oklahoma and can't believe we didn't make that little drive. I mean, from Tulsa down to Oklahoma, we really should have come and visited you. We got to get back on a flight and spend some time with you. Yeah, absolutely. We got we would have taken you out for a good steak. Oh, yeah, there see, you go. Again, we got to go back to Oklahoma City just for I'm, the steak. A little <laughs> bit of steak bribe and I'm in, man. It didn't take much. <laughs> Wait, how close are they? Oklahoma City and Tulsa? Well, it depends on who you're talking to. If you're speeding, you can go about an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Some people it. say an hour and a half. Yes, it's, it's a short down. We got a turnpike between the two, and it's pretty straightforward. We really should have, Kevin. What were we? That's, that was a no-brainer, man. Yeah. We, we did in Cleveland. We did Denver. Cleveland to Erie, that little stint, which was a good little stint. 
but yeah, Cole, we're coming to see you this year for sure. No doubt Let's about do it. it. Yeah. So for our listeners that are just tuning in, wondering what the heck we're talking about, stakes in Oklahoma City and whatnot. So Cole is actually one of our franchisees with Red Barn Home Buyers. And he's uh, he's been with us how long? When did you come on? I think officially came on in February of this year. In February. So we're maybe six months in, something like about that. Six months in. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's cool, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on, Cole, is um, I love your story. You've got a really very cool backstory, having been in ministry and then actually starting another business, which was you know construction. And then what it was like to transition that construction business and that team into real estate investing and, and what the what that looked like. But take us back, man. When, when did it all start? How did you how did the story begin for you guys? Yeah. So if I go back to uh, to the very beginning of, of the journey into being an entrepreneur, uh, 2018, my wife on staff at a church for about. 12 years, uh, just hit a rock bottom place financially. I had a, I've always been a sort of a side hustle kind of guy. I've always been able to just buy and sell cars, buy, you know, do odds and end jobs and, and make right. money just to make ends meet. Being a pastor in, the, in, in ministry, you know, often we don't make a ton of money and I wanted to provide well for my family. 2018 in November, uh, we had an absolute crisis of finances and uh, hit rock, what I would call rock bottom for us. We, we wouldn't have had uh, another a, a hiccup in our budget would have train wrecked us. And mm -hmm. um, my wife and I just started praying and asking God, like, what do you want us to do? I was flipping cars up until that point and it just dried up. I couldn't sell a car to save my life. Mm -hmm. um, I had gotten, we had just moved into a house. We were classic house poor. We basically could barely afford the mortgage and had nothing in it. Um, but when we had moved in, I had gotten some prices on painting because in my world, in my opinion, painting is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> it is awful and I hate it. Uh, and my wife was like, I want to paint the house. And I'm like, I don't. And I knew that her painting the house meant I painted the house. Yep. And I, I knew how that connected. We're married. We know. Uh, so I started getting some paint bits and, uh, they came back at numbers. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good industry to be in. I hate painting, but there's some money there. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know how to do math. And so I was looking at what these guys were, were charging and how you could do it. Uh, but I, I filed it away. We didn't get the house painted, got to November. And I remember, um, I remember we hit, like I said, rock bottom and I was asking God what to do. And, uh, and there was, a, uh, I had managed our facilities at our church for, for about 10 years. And in that time, got to know a bunch of subcontractors because we have a large facility uh, and just, you know, HVAC guys, painters, carpet, whatever. Um, and I remember God spoke to me and he said, what's in your hand? And, uh, and I was like, well, I mean, I know how to do construction stuff, you know? And so I got, I got on Google images. I downloaded a picture of somebody's house being painted I posted on Facebook and marketplace and said, unexpected opening next week, <laughs> painting houses, doing bids. And uh, I got a bid <laughs> and I went in there with the idea of I'm going to get this bid. I'm going to come in low and I'm going to win this. And I did. We painted a house. Happy customer, a little bit extra money in my pocket. And I'm like, I'm going to do that again. Uh, we were coming up in the holidays. So I started uh, doing Christmas lights because we had done Christmas lights for years, made good money doing that. Then we got yeah. to January and it's like, I got to keep something going. Started doing sheetrock repairs and ceiling fan hangings. I'd post them on Facebook, handyman services. What do you need? And, uh, we would just, I would just go do these little jobs. I got a guy with me helping me. And, uh, and before you know it, we're getting some momentum. Um, we got to, uh, the half halfway through that year and I was able to make a connection with Starbucks and, uh, we started doing retail maintenance for Starbucks, turned to Walgreens, it turned to Barnes and Noble. Before you know it, we had, we were unclogging toilets. I mean, we were not doing anything major, but we were getting on job sites. And it just kept growing. Meanwhile, I'm still on staff at the church full time. And so this is uh, a I'm running a business now. The business is running 
uh, in my off time, but I got one employee. So just fast forward, that was 2018, 19, 20. We just kept experiencing growth. Uh, obviously, the pandemic hit and, uh, and things sort of went crazy in the construction industry in a good way for us. We started getting more business. People are getting stimulus checks and they're, get, they're sitting at home and they're wanting yep. to remodel. We started getting into that. Yep. Um, 2021, I remember um, God really just spoke to Eva and I's heart and, uh, and said, this is about to be an explosive year. And, uh, mm-hmm. and this is going to be the biggest year you've had. And the people connected, you're going to be blessed. And I remember talking to Eve about it. And she says, what do you think? I said, really? I don't have time to be explosive. Like I'm maxed to the gill now. I said, or God's changing strategy. And I can accept that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through a few different conversations with people, uh, Flip House fell in my lap. I'd never flipped a house. uh, Fell in my lap. And we did it. And we made money on it. And so then we had to wait. We sold it to get another one. But then I had a little bit of money to get two. And before you know it, we're flipping houses and uh and we're still keeping retail and we're sort of balancing the two um and you're working full-time at the church still working full-time at the church uh, so <laughs> spinning a lot of plates to, there oh my gosh it was spinning plates everywhere and and uh and god's grace was with us and we were doing well mm-hmm. um but i did feel like god was calling us to do business better and and for for the values and purposes that we believe to be uh helping people helping our flip house turned into business turned into, we were doing some hard ones and I felt like we were restoring our city. And I felt like we were giving people a good house and we're doing it right. I, I, I deal with things like, you know, I don't want, I don't want to sell somebody a home and it be low quality and they're putting their life savings into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started like living by that conviction and getting it into a team and our subcontractors. Um, but we were having trouble with getting past that one, two houses at a time, the cash flow, all of that. Uh, and then in November of 22, uh, ran across you guys at Redborn and uh, began a conversation, I believe, in December, uh, yep. connected to Kevin. And I remember Kevin asked me a question. He said, I mean, he just did just like, you're flipping houses. What, what do you need us for? And the whole thing was, I want to do it better and I want to scale. And I believe you guys can help me do that because y'all know what you're doing. And um, February we signed on and it was like, we have ramped up tremendously since February. Um, and that's even maybe an understatement to the point that I'm letting go of a lot of that peripheral stuff and flip houses is our focus. And it's jacking our team up. <laughs> Everybody's excited here. And, uh, and it's been really cool to watch like just deals come and conversations come and networking come, learning how to do private funding. So anyways, so that's, a, that's, that's sort of the short, long story. <laughs> Amazing. So tell us maybe about that, that transition. Uh, you know, you, you, you were in for home flipping, you've done a lot of different things. Talk to us a little bit about the transition coming into home buyers, Red Barn home buyers, and then launching, you know, within the franchise. Yeah. It's, you know, like you can teach yourself how to do something to make a bunch of mistakes. And quite honestly, I wish I had Red Barn home buyers before that first flip because of that reason, because there was a lot of stuff that we were doing and it was working, but it wasn't working well. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just the way processes and, and scheduling and, and just all of that happened on the on the actual construction side, um, all the way to the deal hunting. I mean, I went through this phase back in early 22 to where I started doing my own uh, skip tracing and, and lead buying and all that. And it was just like a, it was like a dead end road because I'm now the cold caller and trying to, you know, you're getting hung up on and and all that. So the leads transition into that was super helpful. It took a lot of pressure off. Um, and then. Even the, the the vendors that came alongside, we were doing a lot of shopping at one home improvement store and uh, and just got handed the blessing of this crazy amount of uh, deals and discounts at Lowe's. And that's been a blessing. And it's just been it's, it's the transition 
uh, took about two months to, to shift some of our mindsets. We got our teams trained, uh, started watching the videos um, that taught us how to be more efficient. But it was uh, it was an easy transition, but it had to be intentional. And we did it. We did it mm-hmm. intentionally. You know, it, it's kind of funny because I do remember in those conversations, you you saying straight up, I'm a Home Depot guy. I mean, we'll go ahead and name names. And I was like, great. Hey, you can keep shopping at Home Depot. I think you negotiated some good deals there, right? And you felt really great about it. I was like, that that's you don't have to use Lowe's. That's right. But we do have a pretty good program with you yeah. know, national program with Lowe's. And you may I didn't think you, but you made the switch. I mean, it, it made sense yeah. for you. Yeah, it did. I, I actually we got put in, um, and I don't know that everybody can do this, but we got put into the uh state pro managers managed account. We're one of his 35 accounts. Amazing. Yeah, I can text text my guy and uh, order will show up tomorrow. I don't even have to go to the store. So pretty awesome. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Talk to us for a minute about um, when you started flipping houses and you flipped a couple here and there, and there were some pain points associated with finding houses, because what we find a lot of our, um, our interviewees that come in and want a franchise, they say, I flipped a house before, or I flipped two houses. I flipped three houses. And that does not necessarily make you a house flipper, right? Because that's not a bit flipping one, two or three houses does not make you. And where most people struggle is they fell into those houses or they got them on the MLS, Mm -hmm. but they can't scale that business. And that's really where we try to, you know, bridge that gap for people is, okay, let's take you from having flipped a house or two to building a business of flipping houses. And what does that look like? So what did that look like from you guys finding and how did you, you know, how did you fall into a couple of those first houses and what's it been like now scaling into doing it on the regular? Yeah, absolutely. And just exactly what you said is exactly how it was for us. I was, I was, I was just beating doors down. I mean, I spent most of my time doing that to find maybe one lead and then it, it'd be a dead end. Our, our first house was MLS. Our second house was MLS. Um, our third house came through a wholesaler in town that took his money out for sure. And I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he stripped it of almost all equity. And so that was a hard one to make money on money on. Um, it was just tough because when you're, you know, for me being a Christian, a pastor, I understand the power of partnership. Um, mm-hmm to be able to say, Hey, I have my strengths and you have your strengths and I don't need to make your strengths, my strengths. I need to make my, I need to find people with my weaknesses that are strong for them and work mm-hmm. together. And the thing Red Barn did for us was that because I quit, I quit beating the streets for leads and leads dumped to me. And that makes it a lot easier because mm-hmm. number one, you know, we were cold calling. Now we're warm or hot calling. I mean, these people mm-hmm. have just re- recently told us, well, I want to sell my house. Um, and so I'm able to work that lead a little bit differently. Uh, and that's helped us quite a bit to the fact that even today, I I have so many deals in my Red Barn Center right now that I'm trying to work through them. Just I'm just being very honest with the big guys upstairs, right? It is so many deals. I'm like, how do I work through this? So I'm meeting with a local wholesaler today and uh and I'm going, I got I got some deals listed out on a piece of paper and I'm gonna I'm gonna work through them and say, Hey man, can you help me move these? Because there's mm-hmm. just so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's repositioned us from being on the, like almost at the bottom, trying to find leads to saying, Hey guys, all y'all in Oklahoma city, I got leads. Mm-hmm. Your house. Yep. So it's, yep. That's, That's great. It's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you keep up with all the yeah. leads, but it, it's, it's the thing about leads is they require attention and nurturing. And when you start running out of time, you sort of, you feel that squeeze, you feel that pressure. I, you know, I'm paying for these, I'm getting these great leads. There's all these right. opportunities out there. And if I'm not working them effectively, I know I'm missing out. And so right. you're already feeling that sort of I'm missing out pressure. And so 
kudos to you for filling that gap. I mean, there's nothing wrong with co-wholesaling. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. You get backed yeah. up, find another good wholesaler that you like and trust yeah. and start sending in the deals and split them, split the profits, figure out how to make it work. Either that or, or staff up. It's one or the other, but there's nothing wrong with partnering with somebody else local in your, in your market. Yeah. yeah. I think and the other thing too is just being creative, right? I mean, sometimes you're going to flip, sometimes you're going to do wholesale. You know, we've got folks doing novations now. It's it's using those tools, those investment yeah. tools of for each deal based on, you know, what makes the most sense. You just did a novation, didn't you? Accidentally? Accidental novation. <laughs> I had to call, <laughs> I had to call the GM of Red Barn last week and say, Hey, I think I just accidentally did a novation. So I need to toss it into Red Barn because, you know, keep in mind, we were contractors. So I was doing remodels for customers. Uh, and I had customers that were longtime customers of ours. And they, I had a, a customer call me and say, hey, I got a house. Um, I want to put it on the market. They're in their 80s. And they said, uh, we just we, we don't have time to GC it ourselves. Uh, we could, but we don't have time to. Uh, and don't really have the energy or want to. So what if you came in, did the re remodel, you float the remodel. Um, and it was a low end. It was not a very expensive remodel because a very nice house, a very nice house. Um, you come and do the remodel, we'll list it, and then we'll split profits, plus you get your money back. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm good with that. Um, so uh, we did that, and then it's going on the market. Actually, I believe it hit the market soft last week, but it officially hits the market with a realtor today. Awesome. Um, and we'll get it sold and make a good profit, and it was a four-week wow. that I nice. spent in there. And so, yeah, I called Kenner. It's like, I think I just accidentally didn't finish it. <laughs> I need to make sure I run it through the book track. But, that's yeah. hilarious. Oh, that's my great. gosh, that's stupid. Well, you definitely have an advantage of just having the background in construction because you can quickly look at a deal and assess it and then and then decide whether to take it or not. Are you guys still taking on any just retail construction work or has your entire business shifted over? What does that look like today? It's, it's almost completely shifted over. Um, we don't do any retail maintenance anymore. And we're doing a few different uh, renovation projects for customers, but we will only take large ones now. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the great benefits that's been a huge blessing of mine from Red Barn is a weekly coaching call that I get. And, and it's with Dave. And Dave has been a godsend for me. Um, and even talking about the Red Barn days of, of, of renovations and how you guys worked that in years ago, uh, he sort of helped me think through in, 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 the, in, this, in this transition into full flipping how to utilize renovations as maybe just helping cash flow during mm -hmm. the process, keeping my guys busy. Uh, so we're doing small, uh, not not small. We're doing a couple renovations. Yep, but they're large scale. So it's I'm, I'm not taking bathroom remodels anymore. Yep, yep. Yeah. It makes sense to do that trans. It's like like you just said. I mean, if you you're still you're still building a fledgling flipping business, still brand spanking new, and your pipeline's yeah. going to grow, and you're gonna you're gonna get to where you're doing five, six, seven houses at a time. I already know you right. will. But in the meantime, to bridge that gap, you're you're having to you know generate some cash flow through just renovations, but you probably already see that light at the end of the tunnel, yes. just to get out of rent because renovation is a whole other animal. It, man, it is a, a just another beast. And when you see that you don't have to have customers and clients, and you can be your own client, it's like yes. get me there as fast as I can, right? That's right. I'm the customer for my subs, <laughs> right? Like, yes, I'm an easier customer to handle. <laughs> way easier customer and you don't live in the home and you don't have all these really strong opinions about right. who should be there when and yeah that's right that's right renovating is a tough business man it is it is and it was a blessing for so long it, it but i'm also celebrating sure so you are, yeah you are scaling up your home buyers right doing flips real estate investing are you able to continue to do full-time mission ministry as a pastor as well i mean a, cool, a great question and cool. This is what I've loved. And and in two, early 22, I was able to go to my senior pastor and say to him, and like I said, he's him, well, late, middle 22, 
he had just taken the pastorate. And I was able to say, you know, Pastor Jordan, like you're one of my good friends. This church is top priority. In fact, God spoke to me about 10 years ago and he said, I will cause your life to be blessed as long as you keep, keep the kingdom of God first. And, um, and I told him, I said, I don't need a paycheck anymore. I, I just, I, our business is doing so great. And it was, we had scaled down to minimal. Mm-hmm. I said, but, um, but I don't want to back out of my contribution at this church. In fact, this is a passion of mine. So uh, around that same time, he invited us to sit on the executive and vision team. But I do so now as a non-compensated employee. Uh, so I go to staff meetings every week. I'm still sitting in the high level meetings with him, helping set vision for our church, direction for our church. I'm one of, I'm on the preaching rotation. Um, and for most of our congregation, they wouldn't even know that I'm not what I was. Um, yeah. But I'm able to do it now from an area of heart contribution, uh, saying, no, I really want to contribute to the ministry here at the gate. And uh, and I love my church and I, I love my people. Um, I don't need money from you guys. <laughs> so let me do it for free. And he was wow. like, deal. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He yeah, didn't, he didn't about that. <laughs> so, uh, and, and same wow. for my wife. She, she was on staff as well. And we both were able to come off of payroll and, and just give that back to the church. That's great. You know, you talk about getting rid of the renovation. You know, it allows you to kind of focus in those areas that, that yeah. you have passion for, invest in, That's but right. it's enabling you in ways that maybe you didn't have before, right? That's right. That's right. And I've loved it. And, you know, just it's just been the faithfulness of God and then just through prayerful connections, uh, like at the one with Red Barn. So that was one of the reasons when I heard that, you know, Kevin, you were pastor and and, and love God and ministry and Ken's a strong Christian. I was like, this is the kind of partnerships I want. Yeah. Those kind of connections. You know, different people have different whys. You know, why is it that you're doing this? And I think one of the things I've discovered is is that, you know, building wealth for the future, having a revenue stream enables you to do things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do if you were, you know, doing those passion projects as a vocation. You know, know, all of a sudden this enables you to do things, have freedom for your why in ways that, oh, I'm not just doing this for a paycheck. I'm doing this because I'm able to, out of the abundance of, of time and resources I have in my life now. That's right. I feel like uh, one of the scriptures of my life is God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond I can all I can ask or think uh, according to all I can ask or imagine. It's the scripture on the back of my truck on my uh, license plate, Ephesians 3.20. And I just watch God just continuously increase our life uh, beyond anything we could have ever imagined. And like the Abrahamic covenant is, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And like you just said, if I can build wealth in my life, I can be more of a blessing to the world around me. Uh, and yeah. that goes for us, our subcontractors, our employees, uh, the people that's going to buy a house from us. We pray over every house that we put on the market, um, believing that God's going to bless those people that live there. So, yeah, it's fun. That's great. Hey, can you think of one particular deal as you think, you know, you talk about being a blessing to the folks that you buy a house from, or you sell. To, can you think of one in particular that maybe, you know, was meaningful for, for you as you kind of walk through that process? Um, so our first deal, actually, we're calling it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a chocolate brown house. It's hideous. Uh, we're in it right now, renovating it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had sat on the market for six months in a town in Oklahoma that is not, it, it, people are fighting over houses. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a sort of middle, higher upper income town and people don't flip in this town. Uh, it's a town I live in, Piedmont. So, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was able to analyze it. I, I didn't get it through a lead, but mm-hmm. I was able to use Dave and Tracy and a few people to really analyze this deal. And I'm like, why is this sitting on the market? And it was a for- true foreclosure bank owned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't figure out why flippers wasn't jumping on it. Like there's something here, right? I kept mm-hmm. going looking at it. Uh, they were wanting 130,000 for it. And in this town, that is peanuts. That's beans. That's nothing. Um, 
and what I been looking at the deal, Dave and I were, I remember on, I remember it was a Saturday morning and he took a cell phone call with me because I texted him and said, I got to talk about this deal. And he Saturday morning, he hopped up, we took a call and I'm sitting at my desk and we're looking at the uh, Google map and we realized, and nobody realized this because it wasn't advertised. The bank just listed it, you know, for sale. They don't put any description that it was this uh, third of an acre with the house on it. And next to it was a third of an acre that was empty and that house on that property was together. And nobody, everybody missed that. Mm-hmm. And the, the the amazing part of that is, is that acre beside it's worth 80,000 just oh sitting gosh. as an empty lot. The wow. house renovated will be worth 250 mm-hmm. uh, when it's fully renovated. Yep. So that's a $350,000 property that they only want 134 and it's going to take me 80 to do. And then I lowballed them at 85,000. <laughs> and because of the fact that it sat, they said, Hey, I got to get it to it. That banker said, we need it at a hundred. So hundred thousand dollars flat. Um, and was able to get a deal that we're renovating now. Actually, I, I'm working on the, on the parcel being split now so I can sell the lot off beside it. And we'll end up being 180 in 190 withholding costs, but we're going to walk away with, you know, close to 330,000. I mean, that's a, that's a six figure deal. And then I've, Funded it with red red lending and yeah. uh, closed on it in like fourteen days, and they said that took too long. <laughs> she was, she told me she said it'll be seven days next time. <laughs> so uh, it was it was such it was just such an easy smooth deal with a wow. lot of me. That's so. amazing. You know, those are some of my favorite deals, and it's where we don't flip a lot of houses anymore. We're focused on our franchises, but deals fall in our lap, and we have a we do have a new construction team, and so a lot of the times we source our new construction lots. In, in a similar scenarios where we extract value because there's additional land associated with the property. In yes. your case, it was a double lot. Like it doesn't get any better than that, but sometimes it's like four acres or five acres. And when you can peel out the house, even if you don't make a dime on the house, but you get all the money, you know, all the profit in the land itself, yeah. Yeah. people forget that it's like, it's like parting out a car, you know, a, a beater is not worth anything, but you take the junkyard and you start selling the parts becomes yeah. worth a heck of a lot more. It's the same thing with houses and land. There's so much opportunity to extract value out of extra land. Because yeah. once you get beyond two acres, that third acre, that fourth acre, nobody really, it's like, okay, now I got four acres. What am I going to do with the extra two acres? Nothing. Yeah. But if you separate it, there's so much value there. So with you having the construction background, I'm curious, are you just going to sell the lot or is there any inclination to build on it? I mean, I need advice on that. I mean, I, I'm sort of looking <laughs> like that. It's the two properties behind it are duplexes. And I'm like, should I like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with like, I'm a risk taker. So but I'm thinking of like maybe doing a duplex on it, selling it outright. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying give me wow. some calls when you can, maybe later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we yeah, we can circle through. up on that. Man, if you can get multifamily, if it's zoned or you can get the zoning in multifamily and do a duplex on it. Heck yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. It backs up to two duplexes that are brand new builds. Oh so, my uh, gosh. Was, it, it, the zoning won't be a problem. Wow. Yeah. What a killer deal, man. Good for, good for yeah. you for seeing a house that's sitting there too. And being like, yeah. let me just inquire. Let me dig a little bit deeper. And that's usually when you find the deals, you just, something, you know, catches your eye and you dig a little deeper and then all of a sudden you find the opportunity. Yeah. And just think, I mean, that, that like, that's why Dave and Tracy both helped me analyze. It was so valuable because in the past, you know, you get into this overthinking deal and I was just figuring it out on my own and, I didn't have help. I didn't have anybody to bounce it off of besides my internal circle. Right. And that's like, yep. you know, I was able to talk to people that do this and see, man, there's a lot here. So let's just pull it. We'll pull the trigger. Yep. Yeah. Killer. Love it. Yeah. So you, you know, you're six months in with Red Barn Home Bars. Obviously you got lots of amazing things going on. What do you, what would you say to somebody who's on the outside looking in and analyzing the opportunity or thinking, man, I would love to, to 
transition my business or leave my job and do this full time? What would you tell somebody that's kind of on the fence about it? Yeah, absolutely. That's an easy one for me. And I, I've done a few, uh, I talked to a few of the people that are interested for you guys occasionally. I got yep. a call today for, with somebody. And what I tell people is this, there's a lot of opportunities to flip houses out there. And a lot of people say they'll help you get coaching programs. You can pay $20,000 to get into somebody's coaching program and, and they'll give you some advice, some resources. But the one thing that stood out to me about Red Barn was that the, it, it, I know it's simple, but it's, it was, it was it for me is the way you guys make money with us is directly tied to my success. It's not me paying you a fee for a class. It's not me. Hey, I get time and you can give me some advice. No, no. It's like, Hey, I red barn home buyers ain't going to make money if you don't do a deal because you make money in the deal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you guys truly are taking the partnership method mm -hmm. to where your success is lied inside. It lies inside of my success. And that was it. That was a game changer for me because a lot of people, like I said, there's a lot of programs out there. Mm -hmm. And so by being able to take that and say, Hey, you guys walked me through this and give me all these resources so I can find the deal with you. I can negotiate the deal with your help. I can fund the deal with your help. I can use the resources on re renovating the deal with your help. I can call. I mean, Dave called me right before this call. I said, Hey, if you need anything this week, give me a call. Right. I got the resources at my fingertips to pull it off. We had experience. There's a lot of people getting this business that don't. But if you got the guts, the, the the work ethic and the right partnership, you can do really well in this business. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think on our side, we, we have a lot of people, you know, right now we got 300 folks on any given month expressing interest and we're choosy, you know, this month we'll, we'll sign up, you know, between five and six. But when you get to the finish line, it's for us on our side, it's because we have confidence, you know, like with you and Eva, it was like, you're, you're going to be successful. Like you're, you're going to, if we put our system in place and you follow it and we do well, you know, we will do well. This will be successful. And so for us, once you get to the finish line, for those on the outside looking in, if we get to the finish line, it's because we really believe and have confidence that together we can have a ton of success. It's not just a, Hey, let me sell you goods and services and move on to the next person. It's like, no, this is, this is a partnership for years and years and years. And we, we choose you. Like, you know, we, we choose you because we really think you can be successful. And you guys are a great example of that. Just a phenomenal example of, of what can be done in, in, in Oklahoma City, right? What a great, great market to do it together. in. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're loving it. And I appreciate you saying that. And I felt like that. We felt a heart connection. Like you guys believed in us. And, uh, yeah. and you know what? We're seeing the results of it. I just yeah. think, I mean, to be able to have this conversation again in a year yeah. and then five years and then 10 years, I can't wait in 10 years to come back and, you know, have you on again and be like, okay, so tell us about your life 10 years in. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be awesome. We're going to have fun doing it. Got a lot of life ahead of us. Heck yeah. Well, we're looking forward to having you guys out here in Woodstock next month for our summit. Yep. Get to meet you guys in person and hang out and get to hang out with some of the other franchisees. I know you guys are going to, because again, we, our culture is, is it's, it's pretty amazing the culture that we're building with these franchisees. And I know you're going to hit it off with a lot of, a lot of our folks that come. That's what we really want. We want to see you guys start to mesh and help each other out. And um, yeah, folks like yourself rising to the top is what it's about for us. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Awesome. We're excited. Yeah. I uh, love Atlanta. So we're going to hop on a plane and come Kill hang it. out with you guys. There it is. Cole, man, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you. It was an honor. All right. Take I'll care. See you next, next month. Man, was that good or what? Man, Cole and Eva, what a great couple, man. I am so glad they're part of Red Barn. Just salt of the earth. I mean, just fits our culture perfectly. And uh, just a good guy, but also a, a smart entrepreneur.
just yeah. having a time. You just love to see him having success. Yeah. It had so much potential and just, I'm so thankful to see just how we've been able to help them in such a short amount of time, yep. scale up their business and achieve quick and meaningful success. Yep. And that's what the thing they stress is like, he's at the very beginning of this business still, right? He's got a long way to go to really grow this thing into, into a juggernaut in his market. Yeah. And it sounds like he's on the doorstep of being able to do four or five at a time, like mm -hmm. already six months in. And so, yep. yeah, they're going to do great. Already doing great. Yep. Love to have people like that on here. Um, Kevin, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking we should do this again next week. I think so. You know, and I actually reached out on if you saw or not, I, I've got somebody booked for next week. Nice. Excited to have him on really unique, really unique, uh, aspect of investing, real estate investing. Um, excited to have him with us. Well, I'm excited to tell you about my new outdoor shower by next week. I'm hoping you have it set up by, by <laughs> next week. It takes a little bit of work, but you're going to love it. Once it's up, you're going to love it. I'm just going to hang a hose. Like just over the railing and call out my shower. <laughs> uh, the, the trick is finding getting the hot water. I got to figure out how to get some hot water outside. It's got to be like, hot. If it's just cold water, it's not really a shower. You're just getting hosed off. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's a shock to the system. We'll figure it out between now and then. And uh, hopefully I'm hearing that you're in your new bathroom by next week as well. I will. 48 hours we're in, but check back in. I might just continue to shower outside since I got it set up and everything. I, I might just you? keep at least until the first frost, right? First frost. I'm good until then. <laughs> first, you don't want to be outside showering in the frost. That's for darn sure. You might never go back inside, Kevin. You might love it so much. Become like part of the polar bear club when you're on your back deck. That might be it for you. As long as there's hot water. As long as there's hot water. I'm good. It's very bracing. <laughs> Wakes you up for the day. <laughs> awesome. All right, dude. We'll catch up with you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. See you, man. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. Hey friends, just a final thought before you check out. You know, so many of us are going 100 miles an hour through life. We're weighed down by stress or worry or even that haunting feeling of emptiness. But it doesn't have to be that way. I've actually put together a quick resource at faithcrossroad.com where I share just a little bit about the faith that gives me hope and purpose and identity. And I'd love to share it with you. Again, faithcrossroad.com.